All right, get started. Okay. Happy Friday, a big weekend coming up. Memphis and May's Beale Street Music Festival is back in Tom Lee Park today through Sunday. Tickets remain for the affair. One-day tickets are the long weekend passes. I saw a story last night about all the places to park downtown. The security is being, um, it will be enforced. There will be a great presence downtown. Many folks are a little, um, let's say, timid about going into crowds and going downtown. I think you'll be in, in, in a pretty good shape. There are new parking spots everywhere, and so this should be a good weekend for you to enjoy. A lot of great music. Robert Plant, Alison Krauss, Lumineers, Greta Van Fleet, uh, and uh, three days of this is going to be a lot of fun. Back on the river for the first time in four years, in Tom Lee Park, the Memphis and May Beale Street Music Festival. We have one pair of tickets left, and we can mm -hmm. get them to you via email mm -hmm. right now. I'm going to uh, present this question to you, and then uh, Sid will email you the tickets, and you'll be all set in case you want to go but can't afford it or don't have, have tickets yet. Here we go. Government Mule. Um, on the show this weekend, a band formed in 1994 by this great guitar player who has played with them, the Almond Brothers Band. He's He was with, with the Almonds for a long time and is now back with Government Mule. He's the founder along with the uh, bass player. What is the guitar player and founder's name who played with the Almonds and plays with Government Mule? Eight seven eight nine four two zero. First one in that's right. Tickets to see the Beale Street Music Fest all weekend. The Derby is tomorrow. The number of horses to bet. So you can play with that if you want to and uh, make your bets legally at various spots around the area. So have a great weekend. Enjoy the events in Tomley Park and other things happening around town. And uh, it should be a good time. The job of an airplane pilot may one day involve flying, in quotes, multiple aircraft at once without ever leaving the ground. Aviation is about to undergo a huge transformation. Over the next decade or two, uh, these aircraft will become ubiquitous, taking on industrial jobs that are too difficult for humans and shuttling cargo among logistics hubs. Now, from what I can gather and read about right now, and for the past, I guess, maybe 20 years, these planes can pretty much fly themselves and do after liftoff and after they you know, land. Yeah. Uh, the pilots are up there playing cards and uh, doing shots. They don't <laughs> care. Um, depending on the public acceptance, these robo-planes could also be carrying passengers across American cities. The market for self-flying aircraft is going to grow 25% per year to a total of, uh, this is a number in the billions, 325 between now and 2040, says new research by AIA, some aviation uh, association, and Avescent, an aviation consultancy. So this is already, there's money being poured into this already. This includes everything from a uh, takeoff that is vertical and landing aircraft which rise like a helicopter and fly like a plane to small turboprops and regional jets all the way up to large uh, you know planes that carry cargo and passenger planes dozens of these startups have raised a bunch of money seven billion so far uh, via private investors to advance their autonomous flight endeavors so that's coming down the pipe too. Uh, when they say uh, that they'll be, you know, fully autonomous, it isn't as if these planes will have no humans involved. Well, that's a load off. Um, so it just suggests that there will be a shift in how humans interact with the plane. The human will be, will be much more of an observer in a management state. There's nothing unmanned about this, adds co-author so-and-so-and-so-and-so, and here's how it's apt to play out, says the end of the story. At first, these aircraft will be used for industrial jobs, 
that are that are called dull, dirty, and dangerous. Uh, fighting forest fires, inspecting infrastructure, surveying crops, are showing Wi-Fi hotspots in disaster zones. Uh, cargo planes will be next, and passenger air taxis will come later, not arriving at a scale until at least well into the next decade. So there's no panic yet, uh, but they'll ease into this slowly, and maybe this won't even you know be a part of the world in our lifetime. Who knows? Well, but so, it's an interesting thought. So there's it. So there will be some kind of pilot on board. He just or she just be won't be doing yeah doing much of the work unless something maybe goes wrong with the AI that's in charge of things. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's well, that's not as scary as no pilot at all. Yeah. I Drake, guess. On, on your new truck. I mean, I know you're going to say it's not new anymore, but can you? Is there a setting to where you can uh, it, to where if if a car in front of you you can turn it on, and if a car in front of you puts on their brakes, it will your truck will start slowing down by itself because it senses no. how far. A, really? Because uh-uh. mine has something like that. I have a backup thing, which is yeah. which should be dangerous because when I drive the old old truck, that isn't on there, and I sometimes oh, yeah. forget <laughs> yeah. to look around, and yeah. that's going to be bad someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All these toys now, are great, but yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. They have a thing where if you if you turn it on. It will sense how far behind, you, how far away the car in front of you is, and if they break, the car, your car, will break by itself. It's awesome. I don't use well, it, but we we have used it. But I don't know. So I, come a long uh, way. I once again, this truck is five years old. It still looks brand new. Uh, there are buttons in that truck that I am afraid to push. One of them <laughs> likely is an eject seat, and I don't need that. Um, uh, <laughs> And so there's I don't a push anything. button that turns it into a robot fighter. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> With like a transformer car, but I, I don't <laughs> want to push any buttons. There's a little window in the back back window that uh, that slides open. I have no idea which button makes it do that. <laughs> no, probably your hand. I, um, one day I hit a button and the flashers came on as I was driving. And I, had, I thought, that well, this is bad. And I pushed everything in that car until I finally saw that there was a red button flashing on the dashboard. And I guessed <laughs> accurately that that was it. And I pushed it and I'll be dead. If it didn't turn it off immediately. Well, all right. So, yeah, I was, was fantastic. So, these cars are too smart. Uh, Wesley has found some things on the internet that does, it does have some good points, but mainly bad mm-hmm. points. Uh, <laughs> what have you found that are free and helpful sites? Do share. Well, well, like there are, you know, the bad folks doing hacking uh, for hacking's own sake on the net. There are people who are setting up things for free uh, just to be good and share, I guess. These are uh, some free and helpful things you can find on the web, just various sites. There's a place called Photopia, which is like sh- uh, Photoshop. It's a, it says it's a Photoshop clone, but it's completely free. There's uh, some uh, side ads, uh, but you basically you're working online with Photoshop to get something done. There's no installation, no files, not uh, an account or anything. Photopia is the name of that. There is Khan Academy that is just a place where you can go and learn stuff. It says it's free knowledge you can use to clep out of university courses or invest your time in learning a worthwhile topic. Mm-hmm. And as for donations, but uh, they're just asking. You can go in there and give what you want or not and uh, just start learning stuff. There's mm-hmm. something like that called Open Learn, which is the UK's open university. And it says free course, uh, courses for all levels of study, sample of university material, ties into uh, BBC documentaries, and everything's under the Creative Commons license, so you can use it as you see fit. There's this one that is interesting If you're when you get ready to fly again. It's called Skip Lagged. It's, it says it's so good that United sued them and lost. And essentially, they exploit the pricing manipulation that airlines use. And uh. the example they give is if you want to go to, from Phoenix to Atlanta, sometimes a ticket from Phoenix to Fort Lauderdale connecting through Atlanta is cheaper. And these websites find oh. those flight for you. Hmm. Yeah, if you're, there's classic books online with, at Project Gutenberg, and Library Genesis is also a great place to look for and or download college and university textbooks for free, as well as other ones. There's a site called FreeCycle. I've heard of this one before. It's just people giving away stuff that they don't want or don't need anymore, and they 
don't want to bother with trying to sell it. They just come here, come get it, please. Hmm. Uh, cool. A place called Unsplash, where you can get free photos of about anything it says that provided by the photographers to do with what you want. And, Unsplash. Uh, Unsplash. Mm-hmm. I use that hmm. sometimes. That is cool. The uh, the this one made me think of you because it's called Camel Camel Camel, and it says it's a nice place to track online prices to help you get the best deal. Also, Black Friday is a myth, and the sales aren't good at all, like you've said for years. <laughs> it's a joke. There's, there's a couple more here, and I'm going to put the full list up on favorites from the web later on today. There is Melody.mi or ML rather, and it lets you isolate vocals, drums, and bass from MP3 files. If That's for whatever cool. reason you need to do that or just hmm. want to do that, maybe to hear the vocals clearer. And That's really interesting. One, yeah, good. Yeah, Melody.ml, and then there's Blender, which is an open source video editor and animation to, uh, tool that they say is good for making YouTube videos. So. These are going to be up on the site uh, with appropriate links later on today under favorites from the web at drakehallmemphis.com. It really is cool to take um, you know some of your favorite songs and to isolate the uh, you know just the uh, vocal to see how good the singer really is, mm-hmm. or if he's being you know buried in the mix for a reason because he can't <laughs> sing. Um, yeah, that's that is really interesting to break that down in a you know forensic kind of way to look at. How the drummer sounds just by himself. It's so how the cool. bass line sounds all by itself. Yeah, we did Zeppelin, and they break down individual parts. And if you're a good band, uh, you can tell how good they are just by hearing these individual pieces and then hearing them all together. It's mind blowing. Uh, but if they suck, now that also stands out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out <laughs> yeah. that Led Zeppelin did not suck. And to hear some of these parts, like John Bonham especially, is remarkable. And Jimmy Page and Plant. And um, it's just all all just, just uh, fantastic. It's like, it's like everybody has four hands instead of two. It's insane. Yeah, and they did a, you know, there were tons of overdubs on those albums. and uh, But they just isolate the main lick or the main drum part or certain drum parts or certain vocal parts. And it just shows you, um, shoo, how how good... Uh, these people are, and that all of these things are not tricks. Because when you isolate the vocal, you really can't hide if somebody can or can't sing. Yeah. Either they can or they can't. And um, in many you know rock bands, they were covered up by you know layers and layers of uh, production and just to make them sound good. But that sounds cool. It's Melody ML. Melody dot ML. That sounds cool. Uh, Sid found something about Google Maps on the internet. What was that? This says one buried Google Maps setting that you might want to change now. Remember, we used to use GPS equipment in our cars, and there was MapQuest, and before that, it was just you know a paper map. Well, you know now you just open up your phone app and click away. If you use Google Maps, apparently it tracks everywhere that you go, and I mean like you can look up four years ago on this day where was I? Apparently, so and it Who Google could Maps possibly care. Uh, Google Maps works even if you don't have a Google account associated with it. Hmm. So um, I'll put this on Facebook or something because it's a way to um, – because Google Maps uses the GPS location on your phone to determine where in the world you are. And every time you navigate somewhere, your location is stored in your profile. Um, but, if yeah, you can go back and look at, like, all the lists that you've uh, – places that you've gone. It's it's either a hmm. fun walk down memory lane or it'll creep you out because, I guess, maybe other people could get to it. So there's a way to go in to – oh, no. To, it, there's a way to go in if you have an, a, Google, a Google account. There's a way to go into, like, the data and personalization and the activity controls and the location history and get rid of, you know, where you've been. Get rid of your – location history so i'll put the, those directions and you can turn the tracking off too um it says so allegedly to stop yeah. well yeah yeah to you can choose to stop google from track keeping track of your movement um in a certain way but Bull. i mean i know there's still something that's going to be i mean there's there's i think as it's to completely delete your location history data you got to click on the auto delete option so you can but you with that way you could go back 
and auto-delete the data older than three months or older than 18 months or older than 36 months. So you can just periodically do that as well. But that, that's, yeah. that I thought was pretty interesting. And I wanted to add something to Wes's list that we happened upon. I don't remember how the other day. And there are mm-hmm. a couple of free apps for this, but one called Picture This. It's a plant identifier. So you take a picture oh. of a plant because there's so many that I want to do and just even even maybe around here if I don't know what something's called and it doesn't save the picture to your phone so you don't have to go back and delete it but it just tells you about it and what it's called and it's that's really cool it's called picture this it's like a Shazam for music then yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> that's really good yeah very helpful yeah we had a plant from somebody that we didn't know what it was and looked it up on something and uh, found out those things are are just great and oh, those okay. are the good parts of the internet uh, was there one more you said? Or was um, that it? No, that that was. I mean, as far as the plant things, there's there's a couple others, but but the picture. This is the one that I had found, and then we actually That's really used cool. it. Yeah, we actually used it because there's this weird thing growing. Um, it it looks, you know, those like silver dollar. I I don't know why they're called that. I guess because they turn silver later. They're just these flat. This plant is is not big, and it produces these. I guess they're supposed to be the leaves of it, but these flat round things about as big as a 50 cent piece. And you can see the little seeds in there and it's light green and the seeds are dark. And I was like, what in the heck is that? And it's not poisonous. And now I don't remember what it's called, but some people do call it the silver dollar plant, but that's what hmm. I wanted to take a picture of and find out what in the world it was. Cause I didn't want to touch it if I shouldn't. There <laughs> yeah. are, there are so plan. many. Yeah. There are just so, so many things to, to uh, choose from. Yeah. The uh, back to that map issue, which, further accentuates your incredible lack of privacy in this life. Forget about it. It's over. But I do notice, um, I saw this over the weekend, that Apple, uh, who is having some uh, problems, um, some of this stuff is kind of catching up to them, and people are uh, catching on to their scams, and how much they overcharge for these phones that cost about, you know, 49 cents to make, and they (laughs) get, you know, it's just, it's just absurd. But their new TV ads for a new phone or something, um, the tagline out is something like uh, concerned about your privacy or some complete line of doo-doo. But they uh, are trying to say that we're safe and we're private and we're not going to look at your stuff. Okay, Tim Cook, you lying mother. <laughs> but um, they're, they're trying to at least instill some confidence that not everybody is hacking and watching you, which is a complete lie. But at least they're trying to make that happen. So thanks, fellas. Stress, a part of everyone's life, except for those who have somehow learned how to conquer it and not get stressed out. Um, It's hard to do, but Wallet Hub is the outfit that looks at uh, all 50 states and examines uh, several different metrics to determine who's what and who's stressed out uh, is the one that they have recently done. Three dozen metrics three dozen metrics in four different categories. Stress from work, money, family, health, and safety are the things that people stress about. Um, The states in the top ten are not surprising, and it brings you back to an opinion that um, when your health is okay, that is one thing to cross off the list. If you can stay healthy and not not get sick, I get diabetic or just take some on, just get some horrid disease or stay sick all the time because of how you eat. The money factor is an arbitrary, tough one to figure. It's about planning and about being frugal and about all that. Our families are our biggest concern, their health and their safety. Work can drive you out of your mind. Ask people who have quit jobs the past year and, and will not go back to an office. They'd rather eat dog food. Mm-hmm. So you combine all of those things into one. And maybe a number of these things, well, they all come together and create the top 10 most stressed states in the country. The majority of them are in the South. I knew it. Is that any, without disparaging the great South, we're all from this area, and um, the South has so much to offer that it has a lot of bad things, too. The most, uh, from the top 10 up to the top. Number 10, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, 
I would suspect that there are regions that are less stressed than others, but um, rural areas and uh, those kind of things and the poverty and mm-hmm. the things that, that you know, leap from uh, the basic, you know, point of just being stressed out and because of the dumb government up in Nashville that screws up almost all that they touch. That doesn't help either. Stress. Number 10, Tennessee. Number 9, Texas. That's a big state. Yeah. A lot, lot going on. Yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, El Paso. There must be spots where it's really not stressful and spots where it is. But I wonder what brought that on. Number 8, Alabama. The Tide lost the championship. That's why they're all stressed. <laughs> That's why they're all stressed. Uh, Oklahoma is seven. Poverty, flyover space, not much Tomatoes, going on there. Number six, Arkansas. Number what? five. It's beautiful. Why are they stressed? It's a, it's, it, it, all these states have their beautiful parts. Yeah. And uh-huh. they're good parts and they're good people. But in general, when you link all these things together. Right. You come up with a, you know, some people that are having a hard time. Number five, Mississippi, which is number one in stress involving money. Mm. It's a state where education is a problem. It's a state where government gets way too involved in people's business. Mind your own. But it's not, it's a stressed out place. Except for... Looking at this county where I live, uh, with uh, South Haven, Olive Branch, has to be one of the fastest. I mean, this place is, if this, is, there is so much new stuff down here from banks to car dealerships, restaurants. The growth factor is remarkable. So up in this part of the state, things are not stressed and uh, it's on the move to a point of being a, a little bit, it's just, too much. Number four is West Virginia. Uh, they've always had issues with money, education, health, and they're number four. Number three, I don't know why, because I don't know much about the places, New Mexico. Hmm. Issues there. Number two, Nevada. Uh, number one in the family stress category. Not sure that I understand that either unless Las Vegas and Reno drive that concept because daddy's out at all the bars and stuff betting away the Mm -hmm. family fortunes and picking up prostitutes. I don't know. Just (laughs) guessing. Number one most stressed state, Louisiana. One One of the poorest states in America, one of the most conservative, one of the most uneducated places. There are incredible spots there. A very conservative state, except for one place called New Orleans, which is anything but conservative. It is insane. There's Baton Rouge. There are other places, but that's the most stressed state in the nation. So Well, and, and one of the most hit states by storms, sadly. Uh, Probably, maybe. Over and oh, That really is a you good know? point. Because this was not discussed much last week, but, but they had a a tornado that destroyed certain parts of that town. One of the misconceptions about that that uh, city is it is a lot more than the French French Quarter. There's a lot more there than just that. That's a very small part of that city. There are mm-hmm. suburbs, and you know, sub, it's and one of the areas got hit by really bad storms and just destroyed. And they have these problems over and over again, but. It's their. It's just. It's just where they are. It's they're in a really hot spot for, for storms off the Gulf Coast and all the things that we know have happened there in the past. So, unfortunate, but um, you know, it's just what it is. And there you go. Um, what was this cat story about cats talking, which I don't doubt entirely, but it's this sounds like more, more uh, just you know BS from cat people. Well, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, Billy is a 13-year-old cat in Florida, and her owner, Baker, thought, well, I've seen these things where dogs can push buttons, and the buttons make yeah. the buttons kind of oh, yeah. talk yeah. and make words. That's, that's been in books, yeah. So for a dog, though, it's a little bit different. But she tried it with her cat, and at first she was afraid the cat wasn't going to be heavy enough to push the button. 
but she was. And um, so she just, at the start of the pandemic, she said, you know, she had all this extra time on her hands, so she decided to order one of these devices. It's called an AAC to see if the cat could, quote, talk too. And so she set it up. She noticed, though, the cat did it, but she said, well, she started, she said, this might have been a mistake. I started with a word that I'd really not recommended you start with, which is food. (laughs) She said... So she said, because it becomes very motivating for them and Billy loves food. But so she kind of, you know, started out, she says, sort of the wrong way because she kept, the cat kept touching food when maybe she wasn't hungry. But she, today she says the cat, Billy, has 50 words on her board. And like this dog, Bunny, that she had read about, is part of an ongoing research project called They Can Talk. So the goal it is is to understand if animals can communicate with humans through these devices. And it's mostly made up of dogs, but about 5% of the animals using these devices are now cats. And it says cats have been successful using the device, maybe not necessarily hers, she says, but she said her cat has been stringing words together. So either her cat is way smart and she can't tell, or she's just messing with her. The cat is. Uh, but she, <laughs> I don't know. Really? But, you think? Yeah. But well, but she she uh, said that the uh, I guess uh, the cat's owner Baker agreed that the cat appears to string words together less actually okay less less frequently than dogs. For example, the dog she read about is, puts words together in sentences like "night talk sleep," which Bunny's human, the dog's human, interpreted as the dog's attempt to communicate that she was having a dream. But anyway, they're doing it with cats. This is too, the biggest load of crap I've heard so far today. It's only eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Hey, make a board for your cat or order one and see what your cat tells you. It's not going to ever happen. It's not going to ever happen. All they do is sleep, eat, and puke. And that's their their entire, (laughs) you know, span of stuff that they do. You had some kind of a talking uh, beast in your stories, Wesley. Uh, Yeah, I'll see Sid's uh, bored talking cat and raise (laughs) you a foul-mouthed crow who actually vocalizes words. Now we're talking. He okay. took up uh, residence briefly at an, an Oregon elementary school before the state police got called in. Grant, Grant's Pass School is the place, and a teacher assistant there named Naomi says this crow showed up at her school just out of the blue one morning. So it began looking in the classrooms, and it was pecking on doors, and somehow, because crows are pretty smart, made its way inside a fifth-grade classroom where it helped itself to some of the snacks that were out there. Uh, she said the birds not wasn't aggressive, seemed to love all the kids. It would land on people's heads and could speak. It was saying "What's up?" and "I'm fine" and a lot of swear words, according to it's, Naomi. It yes. was like a parrot. It was the weirdest thing. But uh, is this true? They did have to call. From like, they tried. They, well, they called animal control because it's still a wild animal and it wouldn't leave. Uh, animal control comes out, says, "Nope, not our jurisdiction <laughs> to catch this crow." A what is crow? Uh, I love it. Uh, so the, a wildlife officer from the Oregon State Police came on to the uh, scene. He was able to feed it from his hand, but he didn't want to try to catch it with a net because if he missed, then the crow would remember and just avoid him, and he'd have no shot at all. So that was somebody's uh, was, crow, though. If it learned well, mm-hmm. to you know, speak now, and stuff, that, that bird is now, tame. See, you're reading ahead and spoiling my little narrative. Well, I, I'm just thinking out loud, dude. It's okay. the radio. Oh, okay. it's, it's what I do. Hello. But yeah, you're right. Uh, the the kids all watch this uh, go on, but the guy couldn't catch the crow, so they the crow stuck around through the night. And that night, one of the kids was telling this story to his parents, and their his parents are friends with a local family called the Coprins, who have a farm that's been hang, the hangout of this talking crow. So you're right. Ah. Hmm. The mom, uh, this woman named Daphne, talked, uh, saying that it's, yeah, it's th- that's the crow that's been hanging out. Her mom rescued it about two years ago when it was a baby, brought it to their family farm, named it Cosmo, I guess because she's a big Seinfeld fan, or fairly odd parents, either one. Uh, the crow doesn't live inside, but always hung around and has learned about 40 words. It likes their dog, Tonka Truck, who is a mastiff. <laughs> And Daphne says, Cosmo has said things like, Tonka, you come outside, or dogs out. And yes, sometimes he does use profanity because he, you know, learned these Tonka, words hanging around a the, farm. Yeah. yeah. So weird. So, so uh, Daphne has a really, really bad mouth on her. 
is uh, or, our assumption from this piece. Yeah, and the rest of her family apparently. So yeah, uh, yeah. The crow doesn't live inside. She considers him a free bird, uh, but he hangs around and likes them, and he likes the kids. He likes chasing kids around, and they like chasing him back, and he just has a fun time with them. But someone captured the bird when they were gone for Thanksgiving, gave him to a local animal sanctuary mm. who didn't know that he was uh, habitualized to uh, humans, and they released him. And so the, the crow was trying to find its way back home and made it as far as the school where he apparently recognized someone, maybe that kid that was a friend of the family in some way. And so uh, Daphne came and got the uh, crow after about 45 minutes of offering sardines to it and uh, then grabbed him. And now he's home and hasn't been back to and visit the neighbors who captured him. And he's now dead. Okay. They like the crow. There's a lovely another- story. They were that smart, and she should teach him to sing Freebird. <laughs> There's crows God, that, was that awful. are. There are crows in the. It's time to uh, check your uh, pee again. Uh, you, you're <laughs> off the rails. Urine test there, for Sid coming up. There are crows in, I think, Denmark that have been trained to pick up cigarette butts from the oh, streets yeah, and yeah, drop yeah, them yeah, in but, trash, and they get yeah, some kind talk, of reward for it. That's and, huh, unbelievable. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Dean Coates, who uh, lost his mind, uh, he had a book that I read years ago uh, by accident, and it began my affair um, with golden retrievers. That I uh, this book is called Watchers, and it's probably thirty years old, and it became a movie, which sucked. But the book is about this uh, golden, whose name was Einstein, and. Back to the cat story, uh, this dog uh, could spell out words on this pad and uh, do all this stuff. Incredibly, you know, lovely book. And it made me want a golden. And I got one. Uh, And she was with me for 17 years. Mm. And, uh, yeah. They're so sweet and smart. Annie, yeah. And now we have one that's two and we want to send her back wherever she came from. <laughs> no, She's a don't. little bee. She is gorgeous, but mm. she is a little problem child. She is lovely, but good God. They grow out of it, I hope, because it's about time, honey, to stop licking my leg and biting my hand. A little bit anyway. of training. A little bit uh, of training. Please. Uh, <laughs> they just run. Well, no. Uh, they're, they answer to one person, and it ain't me. I'll tell you that. Uh, um, Wes has um, one about, what is this, tweets from little three-year-old kids or something? Or? No, this is a t- a tweets about life with a little three-year-old kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, because little three-year-old kids are you know, just getting started figuring out how some things work. And this woman named Ursula tweets that her three-year-old niece wants dead grapes. All right. Raisins. Oh, raisins. She wants ah, raisins. Yeah. I hate raisins. Yeah, this guy, I Hal, says... You. I set out my uh, I set out a suitcase to pack for my flight later today and spotted my three-year-old crawling inside it to hide. I casually zipped it up and yelled, "I'm off to the airport, everybody!" and carried it to the car. I've circled the block twice and my luggage hasn't stopped laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, so cute. that's great. A user called my monolog says uh, her three-year-old said, "I love you." So I said, "I love you too." Three-year-old turned and said, "I was talking to my bear." <laughs> Asshole. Yeah, this other one says my three-year-old is screaming because a car just like my wife's passed us on the freeway and she wants to tell her hi. Did I mention that we just dropped my wife off to work? Did I mention that we are in my wife's car? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Poor little Sharon. This woman, Olivia, says my three-year-old daughter just took Play-Doh out of my hands and said very gently, you can't play with this. It's not appropriate for adults. Wow. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. Thank She's you. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Alice uh, says, I was singing You Are My Sunshine to my three-year-old, and he told me he hates that song. I said, that's a shame, because I used to sing it to him when he was in my tummy before he was born. And he looked at me dead in the eye and said, I hated it then, too. <laughs> that's good. Uh, Lauren says, my three-year-old walked into the kitchen half-naked but wearing sunglasses and a bag in one hand and said, I'm going to the shop. Do you want anything? She had two of my bank cards in her hands. Oh, no. That, that's dangerous. Little drunk kids at three. That's I know. 
Casey says, my niece turned three years old today. She asked for a Lion King cake, but specifically for the moment where Mufasa dies because, quote, everyone will be too sad to eat the cake and it will all be for me. Uh-huh. No. And there no, are no, pictures of the not cake. Stupid. And they're not fin- stupid. Finally, the last tweet about having a three-year-old was uh, comes this one. I was just enviously admiring the energy and flexibility of a three-year-old, and then he need himself in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the pandemic it, uh, revived reading. That is the story of this, this article. Most of us were reading less, it says, until 2020. The average American read about 20 minutes a day in 2020, according to the Bureau of Labor Stats uh, America Time Use Survey. That's up 21% from 2019 and the most since the early 2000s. Print books had their best sales year of the decade in 2020. Sales climbed even higher last year. Can we, I guess, assume people had lots of spare time and got so. tired of playing, playing on the internet and on the video games? Uh, the share of adults who report reading ebooks ticked up five points last year from two years before. Uh, the decline of reading, especially among teens, alarms educators, but the pandemic era uh, offers us hope because numbers went up. The guy that wrote this piece says, case in point, I set a goal this year to read a book a week. Some of us do a couple a week or read you know, two or three at a time, depending upon what else is you know, happening. Um so he says that he has not met his goal, but he is getting better at it and intends to commit to reading a, a book a week um, if he can. Five reading tips. There are so many awesome books out there for you to, you know, soldier on through. If there's one that you are not enjoying, quit the second you've had your fill. Just stop. How do you like that thought, Wes. There are times I fight through one to get to the point where, where it's like, uh, aha, now we're going somewhere. I give there them, are times I stop and put yeah, it down. I, I give them about three chapters or a hundred pages. If I don't feel engaged at that point, I'm done. That's like a movie you know, at times. If it isn't <laughs> going to engage you pretty quick, now, um, make... huh? Now, now, on the other hand, if someone I know has recommended this and told me yeah. it starts slow, just give right. it some time, that's an exception, and I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll good, deal with good that point. appropriately. But Make it a I habit. Wish, what? I wish I had that motivation when we had to read summer reading in high school. Uh, let's see, Silas Marner, Jane Eyre, Canterbury Tales. <laughs> Everybody had, Not, had those moments, fun. I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, it should be a habit. Build books into your 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 routine every day, so you're reading when you wake up, or commute, or at bedtime. Reading in the morning, I think, kind of kind of clears your brain before the onslaught of the day that you're about to face. And good God knows what that's going to going to bring you. Um, track yourself. There's an app called Reading List that yeah. keeps track of your progress and what you might want to read next. Digital detox. Keep your phone out of reach when you read to fight off temptation to see if anybody has sent you a picture of their penis or anything. (laughs) Um, uh, If you have kids, which we've said forever and a day, read to them. If you have a partner, read together if you have time. So all of the, that's just kind of an encouraging thing that uh, books have come back. Since we, I mean, you can only watch so much TV, um, but I try to balance it out between watching movies or shows and reading and then going on the internet to check the news and running my day at the end of it. That's a bad habit. Uh, And Wesley has a story about condensed versions of the classics. That's right. If you don't have time to read the book, or if you don't even have time to read the cliff notes of a book, but you've always wanted to read some of these classics, I'm about to save you a whole lot of time. These are ten classics summed up, very short and neat. Ready? Go. 1984, Vision of a Dystopian Future, now called Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Lord of the Flies, Maroon Boys are bad at everything except killing each other. Love it. 
Don Coyote. Guy attacks windmills. Also, he's mad. <laughs> nice. Excellent. War and peace. Everyone is sad. It snows. <laughs> That's good. Macbeth. Old ladies convince a guy to ruin Scotland. <laughs> that, that covers it, yeah. The grapes of wrath. Farming sucks. Road trip. Road trip sucks. <laughs> the catcher in the rye. Moody teen complains a lot. He has a red hat. <laughs> well, okay. Let's see. Last few of them here. The sun also rises. Lost generation gets drunk. They're still lost. <laughs> Good. Walden. Thank you, yeah. Walden. Man sits outside for two years. Nothing happens. Oh, boy, that's now that one I must take some offense at. That's a classic and, of And then time. Moby Dick, man versus whale, whale wins. <laughs> yep, that's good. There you go. This revisits the current temperature in schools across America, what it's like to be a teacher, the frustrations involved, and when you snap, you snap, and repercussions come barreling at you. Uh, what also happens is that the snowflakes in the classroom believe that you're attacking them personally, uh, be they black, white, Asian, or whatever, and then it turns into a issue. In North Carolina, a teacher has resigned after he was recorded shouting obscenities and what one student called, quote, racially motivated comments during class, say, school officials. How this is racially motivated is an obvious sign of the times. The word woke, which makes me want to vomit, comes to mind. Here is what he ranted and raved about as he pounded a golf club on the floor. Does anybody else want to try to, to test my authority because I'm effing done playing with you idiots? You can go through life and live on the effing system, draw your paycheck on the 1st and 15th from my taxes, and live an absolutely horrible life. I don't care. He is heard shouting, and it went viral, of course. You can be another statistic. I don't care. That's on you. Pretty right. powerful words, and probably deserved. This He was prompted to, to do this because some little chick had pulled her laptop out and was playing on it during his class. But it's not her fault. She's just a little innocent snowflake, and she was black. Uh, she's been traumatized by the incident. Uh, during the the uh, tirade, which I think was great, um, he, he beat on the floor with a golf club and tossed it on her desk uh, and grabbed her textbook and threw it on, you know, on the ground and just walked off. Uh, she's so upset she doesn't want to go back to school. All I do is hear the golf club cracking. I'm having nightmares about it. And so they had, they had to issue statements. Uh, the outburst by a staff member, inappropriate verbal outburst. He, he said effing twice. Nobody's yeah. race was brought up. Howsomever, uh, the kids came out and they hugged their moms and were crying after the class. The outburst began after a black student had his computer out on, uh, and the young lady, who was black as well, said that she felt many of the, t of the comments were racially motivated because they referenced stereotypes about black people. Can we just put pause on for a minute? Why does it automatically assumed that this referenced black people and not white people any other people uh, that are going to end up in the welfare line or uneducated and spoiled rotten because uh, their teacher got pissed off and pointed it out and then resigned because he can't take it anymore because they don't care and they assume that he's calling them out because they're black. Yeah. Um, yes. Statistically, there's uh, more you know, poor white people on the government dole than there are black folk. Indeed. And um, uh, black students make up about 40% of this school, uh, Southwest High School. 
and about 20% of those are black. So this young lady and her colleagues thought it was about them because they have been trained to think that uh, any attack in general is about their race, which is likely inaccurate. Um, so she had some comment about that. She's not just a just a number. I'm going to make it blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know how to react to that. The, the, the guy, did, so the guy used the word loser? No, he didn't use the word loser. I thought he did. Okay, well, no, whatever, he he called, whatever he called the class of people. You can be another statistic. I don't care, statistic. that's on you. It doesn't matter what color you are. One Any, more loser, we can say it. Um, anybody in the world can be a statistic. Yep. Anybody, everybody. Yep. But these I mean, young, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not justifying his going off that badly to his class, but anybody in the, you know. That's, that's the point, is that mm-hmm. this should not be assumed that because this, young, this the, the, these kids were, were black or brown or whatever, that he was talking to them, yet they assumed that immediately. This is the world we live in. Dare, we just dare not discuss anything for fear of offending somebody who has been taught to listen for something that might be aimed at them, and then they get, and then, then they pout and cry racism. Okay, okie dokie, that's fine. Um, it's just unbelievable. Uh, some dumbasses. Let's just go to that route. It seems to be safer and less irritating. Ohio motorist in a pickle. After cops find a drug stash in his car, this is funny and cool because the way the way that it is written, the last line in particular. Guy in Ohio facing drug charges. Police found a large amount of marijuana and THC wax in his car during a traffic stop yesterday. Uh, boy here was busted on felony trafficking and uh, having dope as he was pulled over. There's his mugshot. He looks high in the shot. Um, along with narcotics, police seized drug paraphernalia, cash, a phone, and one individually wrapped freestone dill pickle. Okay. <laughs> According to the Bangor, Maine-based Freestone Pickle Company, its products are a, quote, great salty snack alternative, low in calories, fat and cholesterol free. The last sentence is the confiscated pickle has an estimated street value of about one dollar. <laughs> Expensive. <laughs> Gotta catalog everything though. But they wrote that they didn't mention the drug value, the pickle was worth a buck. <laughs> you just gotta love it, man. Oh, all, yeah. all, all you can do is just laugh. Hours after exchanging vows, a couple again in North Carolina exchanged, not vows, but blows after the vows, at a Florida hotel, um, the police found the bride in her wedding dress covered in blood, and the groom was beat up on his face. They were called to the scene. Um, uh, she had blood on her dress because they were fighting, and she was crying and carrying on. And um, they had some kind of altercation. Uh, no doubt they were just drunk on cheap champagne. Uh, the dude says that his wife headbutted him, and so he smacked her back, and the wedding is, wow, what a good time and what a great life they have together. Fantastic. <laughs> Dumbasses, Wesley, carry on. I've got the story of this YouTuber who headed up to the Yukon. He built a cabin in the woods. He wanted to live the good life off the grid, except for his laptop and YouTubing the whole experience. <laughs> Turns out there was one problem with this. This guy's name is Marty Clark, and his online videos show him creating a dream, carving a house out of the wilderness. There's one scene where he pauses on a snowmobile by this frozen river and shares these inspirational thoughts saying, even though this might seem far-fetched to go up to the Yukon last minute before winter, build a cabin, live here and enjoy it. You can do it. You really can. And this whole series tells about his arrival in Dawson City to stake a mining claim, is going up river to claim, uh, find it and choose a spot to build his home. Alone in the Yukon is the title of the series. It shows him 
by himself, self-reliant, making this home out of nothing, clearing land with a chainsaw, living in a tent while he builds his cabin. Dreams come true, man. Every day I'm working on this project and touching it. There's <laughs> only one problem here. According to the Yukon government, Clark has set him up illegally on public land. Oops. Yeah, the site is near this creek that's about 25 miles up uh, from this Dawson City. And according to the Yukon government, it's public land and within the traditional territory of the Sotoko Witching uh, First Nations people. He also did not have a valid placer claim when he started building this uh, thing back in uh, September. And he applied for a uh, proper one later on, but he was denied because authorities found inconsistencies. And it wouldn't make any difference anyway, because no matter what kind of claim you file, you can't claim public land that belongs to a, a First Nations tribe in Canada. So right. that that's just the problem. Yes. Government, <clears throat> The government is wanting a court order to force this dude Clark to vacate the site, remove everything, and reclaim the site to the condition it was prior to his occupation. What that's going to do about, I guess he has to plant some trees after he gets out. But uh, yeah, you got to check where you're setting up your, your, your property, dude, because it might right. belong to somebody else. Right, 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 right. We're happy to welcome to this program a new sponsor, the Hook Point Brewing Company. It is for craft beer lovers. If you're into craft beers, these guys have a pretty new place. It is in Brookhaven Circle. The beer is brewed in Collierville, and the choices, uh, there are many and varied. I saw 13 taps, plus there are some beers in cans and bottles, and they range from uh, the the, uh, flagship beer, Flat Hat American Ale, 97 calories and under two carbs, and this goes up and elevates to a higher level of intensity and taste, depending upon what you like. We went by there and enjoyed the food as well in the ready room. It's two rooms. One room is the bar with all the beers, and beside it, a nice vibe and a nice place to enjoy some of the food that they provide, uh, everything from bar snacks to sandwiches and salads, and uh, it's a full array of food to enjoy while you consume one of a number of draft beers. The brand is inspired by the adventurous spirit of naval aviation. Mike, one of the owners, he now is a pilot for FedEx. So he's been through the military and through FedEx. And now he has this new venture with his partner, Mark, a nice gentleman who have this new place open in Brookhaven Circle. It's just right there around the curve. It's impossible to miss. Hook Point Brewing Company and the Ready Room. A brew pub with food, lots of choices, and televisions. And for beer drinkers, it is the ultimate spot. Now off of Poplar on Brookhaven Circle. The website, hookpointbrewing.com. They are waiting to meet you, so go see them. We thank them. Hook Point Brewing Company and the Ready Room on Brookhaven Circle in Memphis. And now we're going to transfer you to the recent Between the Grooves music cast, which is featuring... Uh, some of the bands on the Beale Street Music Festival coming up this weekend. Uh, I, I threw in a, a, a bunch of people. The uh, Roots are on there, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Robert Plant, Allison Krauss, Young Lumineers. the Giant. It's such a great band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lumineers are just great. Gary Clark Jr., uh, it's all here in an hour for you right now. So enjoy this, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.